Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement project. We are standing by at 1 888 Money Pit 888 666 3974. Happy almost spring, everybody. <laughs> I can't wait. It's just not happening quick enough for me. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. We actually saw a daffodil starting to sprout, so that was encouraging. It's always the first sign the daffodils, the crocuses, the goldenrods. Once you know they're out, you know you're in good shape. Yeah, and the nail pouches come out. <laughs> Time True. to go to work. Strap on the tools. What's on your to-do list? We want to talk to you. The number is one eight eight eight. Money Pit. Spring is also the traditional time of year for those of you that are ready to move uh, onto new Money Pits to put your house on the market. Uh, however, with this very super competitive housing market, it's important to show your home in the best light. That's why this hour we're going to give you a list of home staging don'ts that could really help you get that house sold as quickly as possible for the most possible money without making some critical mistakes. Mm-hmm. And also ahead this hour, you know, when it rains, it pours. And if you happen to have a rainwater collection system, you can actually save that rainwater for another day's use. We're going to tell you how easy it is to collect that rainwater so that your lawn and garden is lush all season long, including those long summer drought season. And also ahead, flooring projects just got a lot easier. There's a new tool on the market that takes care of just about every cut that you'll need to make on hardwood, laminate, or engineered flooring. We're going to tell you all about that new power saw and how it can save you some steps in just a bit. And this hour, we've got a great prize up for grabs. It's super cool and way high tech. We're giving away a Motorola i886 phone. It's worth $279, and it's supposed to be super tough. I mean, even tough enough to meet military specs for dust, shock, vibration, and even extreme temperatures which means it could probably stand up to the harsh environment of a construction project quite (laughs) well perhaps even one of your projects leslie (laughs) although that could be pushing it gonna go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question the number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT let's get right to those phones leslie who's first judy in california has a lamp that's acting up tell us about this tricky lamp oh hi yes i have a real antique table lamp real heavy brass and real glass heavy shade and the cord that's on it is a it has a switch about halfway down on the cord one of those roller switches you roll it forward for on and roll it back for off okay and when i roll it on it comes on okay but then it comes off just without touching it all the time and in order to get it back on i just kind of bend the cord and stick it under a book or something and then (laughs) that's a really bad idea judy That's a really bad idea. You you have a short in that cord or in the switch, and uh, you know bending it and sticking it under a book is basically like lighting a match and sticking in the uh, kindling. So don't okay. do that. That's oh. dangerous. All right, because that could that could catch on fire. But, I mean, but it's you an can easy e- fix. I mean, you know, take that to a hardware store and let them replace the switch for you. It's not that hard to do. It's not that difficult. They can even just rewire that whole cord, and it, you know, it won't be expensive. It's something that can be easily done. Whether you bring it to like a lamp repair shop or you know, like a local handyman hardware type store, it's an easy project. Uh-huh. Okay, so just the switch or the switch and the cord, huh? It's probably going to be the cord has to be replaced because the switch is in line to the cord. Right, I, it, They'll right. have to look at it, but it's definitely a short somewhere. So it's dangerous like that, right? It's yeah. very dangerous. That's right. You do, you want to replace it. Stop using the lamp 
unplug it and get that cord replaced, okay? All right. Thank you. I will. Jeff in South Carolina is dealing with a cleaning concern on the exterior of his money pit. How can we help you with that job? Well, let me just say, folks, before I ask the question, um, I'm a regular listener. called in about six months ago, and you all sent me a nice uh, hardwood floor uh, kit. Nice. I really appreciate that. Terrific. That would have been from Lumber Liquidators. It certainly was. Came in a nice yellow five-gallon can. Had all the little accoutrements I need for doing a hardwood floor project. And I do thank you. And you're hoping to win again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know there was a contest this time. <clears throat> I've got a question about, um, I have aluminum fascia and PVC soffits on the house, right. and they're turning black and gray with some kind of mildew or, or mold or something. Right. And I don't know what to clean it with, for one. Okay. And two, I've got, uh, the backside of the house is fairly high. I've got the 11-foot ceiling on the first level and 16 on the second, and the roof peaks above that. So is there any apparatus out there that you can suggest? Sure. Um, well, first of all, in terms of dealing with the uh, the mildew stains that are on the uh, siding material, there's a product called Wet and Forget, which is excellent. If you spray it on and let it sit, it pretty much does the work for you. It activates and will kill the mold, kill the, mold, kill the mildew for some time to come. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, you mix no. it up according to label directions, and you spray it. Wet and forget. Uh, I think their website is wetandforget.com. Are they available in any of the big box stores? Yeah, they have yeah. Distribution. And then, what about forgetting the very tall peaks? Do I need to rent some kind of a lift or something to do that? Or is there some kind of a long pole extender that you can get? Well, I mean, if you used a pressure washer with an applicator. You could extend it to get up there, but you know, there's a certain level of uh, elevated work that's involved in this kind of a project, and you got to have the tools and the equipment to get up there. Would I be better to subcontract this out to somebody? If you're afraid of heights. Afraid of heights, or if you're uncomfortable <clears throat> getting up that, you know, the cost of the project is a lot less than the cost of the hospital bills. That's my point. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that, brother. <laughs> it's cheap insurance. All right, that, that website is wetandforget.com, and they say it is carried at Do It Best Ace and true value okay well folks thank you very much i appreciate the help you're welcome good luck with and that project again, thank you for that uh, nice gift right. oh you're so welcome thank you so much for calling us at 888 money pit you are tuned to the money pit home improvement radio show on air and online at moneypit.com we'd love to help you with your spring to-do list we are all itching to get outside and get back to those home improvement projects so let us help you make your list and get those projects done right the first time give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT 888-666-3974 up next a tool that takes the heavy lifting out of laying hardwood engineered or laminate floors we're going to tell you how you can make the most of the cuts you need for your project right near your workspace with just a single tool on the money pit radio show The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide four times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. If you do, you could get the answer to your home improvement question. And we'll even give you a phone that you can use to call in the next time. Because this hour, we're giving away the Motorola i886 phone. Uh, It includes Nextel Direct Connect functionality. And it's in a phone that's easy to use. It's got a side-sliding full QWERTY keyboard. You can switch from push to talk uh, to voice commands with the touch of a button. You can send contacts, calendars, and email between your phone and your PC with a tool they have called Exchange Active Sync. And you know what else is really super cool? You can store massive files with the two gigabyte micro SD card. And the Motorola i886 also includes a camera, GPS, an MP3 player, and stereo Bluetooth. Plus, this phone is like super tough. I mean, tough enough to meet military specs for dust, shock, vibration, extreme temperatures, and, you know, the occasional home improvement project where maybe you drop your phone into some concrete. I'm not going to say it's happened before, but when it does, you just (laughs) sort of ignore it and go replace your phone and don't ever think about it again. But with this phone, you can really tackle those home improvement projects and talk on the phone at the same time since we seem to do everything all at once. The Motorola i886 phone is worth $279, but it could be one lucky caller's phone for free. So call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Now, one project that you might be working on is brand new flooring. You know, new wood flooring can really complete the look of a room. It's something that you can do yourself, but installing those wood floors can be very tiring, back-breaking work, and the tool's pretty expensive. You also have to lug the wood back and forth and to and from a couple of different saws to where you're working. Fortunately, though, there is a new tool on the market that is pretty cool that I actually got introduced to last year at the Remodeler Show, and it's now on the market. It is the Skill Flooring Saw, and it's designed to cut through hardwood, laminate, and engineered flooring up to eight inches wide and three quarters of an inch thick, and it makes both miter cuts and rip cuts, pretty much one tool that does it all. Mm -hmm. That's a huge time saver and a back saver as well. And the Skill Flooring Saw is a really great alternative to a larger benchtop tool for your flooring projects. I mean, think about it. What if you're installing floors in the basement and you've got to keep running up and down the stairs just to make all your cuts? Let's not forget, you know, you get to the top. Oops, was it 26 and a half, 26 and three quarters? Let me run back down. So this really is going to be, you know, a major helper when it comes to doing these flooring projects. If you want to check it out, Go to their website, skilltools.com, for more information on this exciting new tool. That's skilltools.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Looking for your calls with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. Adam in Iowa is dealing with a wet bathroom. Tell us what's going on in there. Well, I uh, I have condensation on my ceiling. Okay. Uh, we we had our roof redone. Oh, about three years ago, and now it seems like when it gets cold out, uh, we get condensation on our ceiling. Do you have any sort of venting in your bathroom? Because it sounds like your attic is cool, and you're in your shower, and the bathroom gets super hot, and then there's no movement of air in that bath, and that's what's causing that temperature differentiation. So what happens is the warm, moist air strikes the underside of the chillier bathroom ceiling and condenses. And okay. so if we were to warm up the bathroom ceiling by making sure it's insulated above, couple right. that with proper bathroom ventilation, then this pro- this problem will totally go away. Okay, so the, this, uh, the vent we have for the shower is probably not significant enough for the, the bathroom itself. And are you certain that the vent that you have in the bathroom is actually vented outside and not just venting into your attic? Uh, 
I, I believe it is. There's, I don't know. I'd have to look for sure, but I think they did put it, but it's not a very big vent. Okay. Itself. So you have some air movement, but just not enough. I mean, it could be that you're just not getting enough of that moisture out or you're not using it in the proper way. Traditionally, with a bathroom vent fan, you want obviously to have the vent fan on while you're bathing, and then you want to continue to run it for about you know, 10, 15 minutes once you're out of the shower because that's when the condensation really occurs. Now, if it's time for a new one, maybe your model's just not efficient enough or not moving enough of that moisture out, a great company to check out is Brone Newtone. And if you go to their website, brown.com, B-R-O-A-N.com. You'll find a ton of different models available with lights, without lights, ones that actually look like vent fans, one that looks like a ceiling hi-hat that really conceals a bath vent fan. And what's great is that a majority of their models are Energy Star rated because they're made so efficiently to be silent and to move a tremendous amount of moisture out of the bath. That's how they meet a lot of the Energy Star ratings. They're affordable. I mean, it's really worth looking into because if you're dealing with this problem over and over again, eventually you're going to get mold and mildew growth on your ceiling. You're going to have to repaint, repair. There's a lot that this is going to cause if you don't nip it in the bud right now. Okay, and this is something I could install myself. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a handy guy or you're a DIYer, you definitely could put in uh, a new fan yourself. It's not terribly a difficult project to do. Pretty much basic carpentry and basic electrical work. Okay, guys. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Adam. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Phyllis in Texas is working on a bathroom makeover. How can we help you with that project? Hi. I have a very large bathroom, and I've got a lot of wallpaper. And I'm trying to decide whether I need to pull the wallpaper off the wall before I paint it or if I should just put more wallpaper up over it. Um, I've taken wallpaper off of my kitchen at one point, which was really kind of a chore. Mm -hmm. To (laughs) say the least. (laughs) um, I've heard some kind of bad stories about that maybe, you know, the wallpaper will bubble up. And so I'm just... You know, I I just don't really know what the best way to do this is and which which way to go. What's your ultimate goal? Do you want new wallpaper or do you want paint? Like if I you could have anything like, in I, your I world. I kind of would like to go to the paint at this point. Okay. I've, I've been in the house about 14 years. And you're tired of this wallpaper. <laughs> and you're yes. tired of wallpaper in general. Period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen people paint over wallpaper. Please, I've, I've done home makeover shows for seven years. When you are on a budget and on a time issue, people paint over wallpaper. And it's never a pretty sight. I mean, you end up where you can see the seams regardless of how much you sort of patch over the seams and smooth it out. It's never... It's never pretty in the end. And should you get a situation where the adhesive on the wallpaper will eventually wear out, now everything starts peeling off. And if you want to remove that wallpaper later, now you've sort of sealed it all in with paint, and that's going to make the removal process even harder. I say just really, you know, get your act together and get prepared to take that wallpaper down and resurface those walls. Or if you can spare half an inch, cover it up with new drywall. Oh. (laughs) Now, that's an idea. Just forget it's there and cover it up. It's a really large bathroom. (laughs) And, you know, it's just um, having done it once to a kitchen, it's like, do I really want to do that again? Um, But, yeah, okay. Well, that kind of answered that. Um, So it doesn't have a really... Really work out when you paint when you paint over wallpaper. There's no real no because you always see it coming through and it just doesn't look right, Phyllis. 
you can prime it as much as you want. It's just it never looks right. And then in the end, it's like you'll always know that you skipped a step and you'll hate it. Like you'll you'll feel sad about the project. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't want to do that because, you know, you spend so much time mm-hmm. going in and out. And, you know, it, it, you can see it from the bedroom itself. And, right. You know, now, we always say you're, you're better off to do it once, do it right, and then you don't, have to, you don't have to do it again. There's a little tool called a paper tagger that you can pick up. It's about 7 bucks, and it scores the wallpaper, and then you put the wallpaper remover on top of that, and it soaks through, and it makes it a bit easier to remove. And if that doesn't work quickly enough for you, you can always rent a wallpaper steamer. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try that and see how we do. All right, Phyllis. <laughs> thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Dion in Iowa is dealing with some sort of crazy situation in the basement. What's going on? You got a lot of water in there? Uh, yes, we live on a slope, and uh, the contours out in the yard, they pretty much funnel everything towards the house. I've got a good idea on what to do on the outside of the house, but I want to finish my basement, and I don't quite know what to do on the inside to battle this mold off to where I don't have to worry about it being inside the wall after I finish it off. Mm-hmm. Well, on the outside is where I would start. And typically, if you have a hillside that, that, that points down towards your house, you want to intercept the waters that runs down the hill with something called a curtain drain. Are you familiar with this? Uh, is that something like, say, uh, like a sub-drain? It's like a trench. And basically, you dig it's this trench. It's a moat trench. in this situation. Yeah, it's a moat. That's a good point. <laughs> it's a very shallow, small moat. About It's about 12 by 12. So you basically shovel out this narrow ditch, and you put in a perforated pipe, so like a four-inch PVC pipe with holes in it. And then you surround that with stone. You put a little bit of weed cloth and then dirt and grass over it. So when it's done, it's invisible. But as the water runs down the hill, it falls into the curtain drain and then comes up into the pipe and then runs off somewhere wherever you, you point it. But you want to horseshoe it around the house, more or less? Yeah, on the right. That's right. And, exactly. And, and it shoot it off. And right. Shoot it off to the sides wherever it's not where it's not going to do any harm. That's that's one way to inset, to in, intercept that water runoff. I mean, the other way is to create something called a swale, which is what should have been done, but it's very hard to do at this point when the house isn't new. And, and a swale is simply a way of grading soil away from the house walls, and then the hillside grows in grows into that or grades into that, and then it collects that water and runs it around the house. But that's a lot more complicated from a grading perspective. A curtain drain is pretty straightforward. It's a couple of days of work, but it works really well. And does a landscaper do that? Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't hire a landscaper it was the first time you ever built one. Right. They're not that hard to do. You need about a, you know an eighth to a quarter of an inch per foot slope. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Still ahead this hour, we've got tips on how you can use rainwater to keep your lawn and garden watered even when there isn't a cloud in the sky on that super hot August day. So stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling Where 
Home Solutions Live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com, where you could browse our entire archive of videos and perhaps find one that matches the project that you're working on, and we can help you out that way, too. That is online. It's all free at moneypit.com. Earl in Nebraska, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, uh, you can help me by uh, telling me uh, how to solve a little problem I have with the knock on the washers, behind my washers. Okay. okay. I installed uh, behind there a uh, air chamber or stub out, mm-hmm. and uh, the washers knew, and I didn't want to have all that knocking. So uh, I, it, when the valve comes on and I'm standing by the washer, it's just all I can hear is the valve. Right. But I went upstairs. It's in the basement on a one-story house. I went upstairs to a bathroom that's above the washer, and I hear a very loud knocking when I, I still. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because the, you have uh, you know what's going what's called a water hammer. Right. And even though you installed that air chamber um, right near the washer, there, it's probably not big enough to absorb the absorb shock the of the water as the valve opens and closes. Okay. Um. Have you seen these? You know what a water hammer or rester is? Uh, I do. Mm. That's probably I, what you need. It has sort of like a rubber sort of uh, shock absorber inside of it. Because water's really heavy. I mean, when you think about it, water weighs eight pounds per gallon, Earl. So with all that water and all this centrifugal force, when the valve opens and closes, you get that big bang. It's because the pipes are loose. And, you know, one other way to solve this is to, is wherever you can access the pipes to tighten them up. With proper securing, uh, with proper hardware to secure it to the wall studs, but typically you can't get to that. Uh, but that's what's happening. The pipes are basically shaking, rattling, and rolling, and that's what's making that loud sound because of the weight of all that water going through the pipe and then suddenly stopping as the valve closes. So the solution here is a water hammer arrestor, which is sort of a step up from what you did, but that will make it a lot quieter. I will give that a try. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, when it rains, it pours, and if you have a rainwater collection system at your house, you can actually use those downpours to help hydrate your yard during future dry spells. Here to tell us how they work and how to find the best one for your yard is Roger Cook, the landscaping expert for TV's This Old House. Welcome, Roger. Good to be here. And sometimes this is the only water your garden is going to see. And that's a great point, and it really is the utmost in recycling to collect the rainwater and reuse it when you need it. So how exactly do you install a rain barrel? Well, the first thing you got to do is find a downspout. Get a barrel. No, get the downspout first <laughs> okay. because that's going to fill your barrel. What we do is we locate a barrel right next to a downspout, cut it into the barrel so that when it rains, it comes down into the gutter, down the downspout, and fills your barrel. So we drop the entire downspout right into the barrel. That's right. All right. Now, what happens when the barrel fills up? It has an overflow on it. Okay. So you can either do two things. You can either let it run off from there. Or you could double it up with another rain barrel and fill two or even three if you had the room. I mean, that would probably require a lot of room, correct? No, these barrels don't take up much space at all. But it all depends. I wouldn't do that in the front of the house. Right. Maybe in the back. You know, so you've got to think about where you put this because I imagine it becomes not an eyesore, but, you know, something to plan into what the structure of your home looks like. You want it near the area you're going to use the most water. And for mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's the vegetable garden. If you can locate it uphill of the vegetable garden, you can simply attach a hose to the barrel and let gravity run the water down to the vegetable garden. All right, so now we've got the rain barrel installed. It's full with water. How do we get it out? 
Well, there's two ways. Usually they have a spigot attached to the barrel. You could put a soaker hose on that and let it run right into the vegetable garden. Or we could perch it up on a couple of blocks of concrete, and then you could take a watering can, slide it under there, and fill the watering can and take that to your pot or whatever needed water. But you can't take a hose with, you know, a nozzle attachment, and there's no pressure there to help you do that. There's no pressure there unless you supplemented it with an electrical pump. Okay. Now, are these readily available? Can I just go to the home center and pick one up? In the last couple of years, most home centers have them. You can just walk in and take them home. And some of them are actually very attractive. I've seen some that look like sort of the old whiskey barrel look. Yeah, we have some we use that are actually wood, and I believe they had scotch in them. And it was great, <laughs> great to empty out the barrel before yeah. we put the water in it. <laughs> yeah. Did the project get done that day, Roger? Very slowly. <laughs> but not only are there barrels, but now they make bladders. Barrels only average about 50 or 55 gallons a piece. Okay. But you can now get bladders, which you could hide underneath a deck or in a crawl space, that will hold thousands of gallons wow. of water. Wow. So that's basically a, a, a big sort of inflatable balloon. That's right. So and it speak. just fills up with the water. It has a pump attached to it so this you could use with a nozzle Mm -hmm. or even with a sprinkler that makes a lot of sense you could probably water a good part of your lawn with that yep much bigger it'll take care of the lawn area do you find i know this is a funny question but do you find that it's mostly like the green enviro friendly folks that are asking for this or is every type of homeowner thinking this is a good idea you know with the water bins we're having and like the heat we had this summer Mm -hmm. everyone's looking for an option now 50 gallons doesn't seem like much but for a vegetable garden it can get you through a really dry streak Good advice. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure. And you guys have a great video online showing exactly how to install a rainwater collection system, and that is, of course, at thisoldhouse.com. And, of course, you can watch Roger and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. Still ahead with a real estate market that's making a comeback, you don't want any excuse for a potential buyer to look elsewhere. We're going to have some home staging advice that can help next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love for you to be part of the Money Pit Fund. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the Motorola i886 phone. It's really cool and super high-tech. You are going to get the Nextel Direct Connect functionality in a phone that's really easy to use. It's got a side-sliding full keyboard. You can switch from push-to-talk call to voice command calling with just the touch of a button. It connects your contacts, your calendars, and email between your phone and your PC with the Exchange Active Sync. I mean, really, it's going to make your cup of coffee in the morning, too. Yeah, practically. You can also (laughs) store very large files. It comes with a 2-gigabyte micro SD card. And the Motorola i886 includes a camera, a GPS, an MP3 player, and stereo Bluetooth. The phone is tough. It's tough enough, in fact, to meet military specs for dust, shock, vibration, extreme temperatures, and most construction projects. Going to go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. It's worth two hundred seventy nine bucks. So call us right now for your chance to win. 
All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on. And maybe you are thinking about selling your house. Well, in a competitive buyer's real estate market, presentation is everything. And good home staging can actually help to create a positive first impression. But if you make some of the most common staging mistakes, your efforts can totally backfire on you. Well, that's right. And the first thing that homeowners need to know is that staging is definitely not meant to cover up poor maintenance, structural problems, or mechanical issues. In fact, for a successful sale, you do need to tackle those repairs and improvements first after a thorough review of your home by a certified home inspector. So that's the first place to start. You don't want to try to fake it. Believe me, I spent 20 years as a home inspector, and I've seen some very strategic placement of boxes. (laughs) And when that's discovered, it really ruins the whole sale because people think, well, if you're hiding that little what else are you hiding? Wall, what else are you hiding? That's right. So mm-hmm. you really need to deal with those issues first. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Another mistake that a seller can make is to stage their home, but still stick to their own personal decorating style. You know, the reason that you stage your home in the first place is to create a neutral canvas so that the buyers, when they come in, they can easily visualize themselves, their lives, their belongings in your home, rather than being forced to sort of think around a very unique design style. So go neutral. It really does help. Well, that's right. You also want to remember that potential buyers will open every cupboard and expect every floorboard. So declutter and clean every corner of your house. Don't show them a sloppy house. You know, if you get a lot of stuff in your house, your house is going to look crowded and they're not going to want to buy small. it. And small. And it looks small, too. And if you do make some significant changes, like installing a new chandelier, you need to decide up front if those are going to stay or go beforehand and make sure those are outlined in the contract. Now, if you want more home staging mistakes to avoid, all you need to do is Google Money Pit Staging Mistakes. And we will pop right up there on the results page and you can read all about it at moneypit.com. Tim in Alabama is calling in with a mold question. What can we do for you today? Yeah, hey, um, what I'm currently experiencing is in my bathroom area, we have a marble shower area, and the caulking has become overrun with mold. Mm-hmm. And directly when you step out of the shower on the tile, the grout where some of the water has dripped from the shower door looks like mold is starting to try to set up in some of the grout there. Yeah. My question is, what I have understood you're supposed to do is just cut it out and, and recalk it. But I'm not sure if there's any prep work that needs to be done prior to putting new caulking in. And, and what do you do about the grout? Okay. Uh, the grout that's, well, first of all, the caulk that's down there now, is it clear caulk? Uh, no, is it? it is uh, it's like uh, a white... colored to match the tile. Okay. Ah, okay. Well, here's what you need to do. The, the first thing you need to do is to remove the old caulk. There's no way to clean it because what happens is the mold actually gets in it. It grows under it. I mean, you can it, wipe it down. Yeah. It. You can wipe it down with bleach, but if that doesn't do it, uh, you're going to have to strip it out. So you can use a caulk softener for that. There is a very simple, uh, kind of think of a paint stripper, but it's for caulk. It softens the caulk. And then there's a plastic tool that you can use to scrape it out with. It's available in any home center or hardware store. Uh, next, the new caulk that you put down, you want to make sure that you use a caulk that has a mildecide in it. The most common one's called microban. And I know it's available in DAP caulks. Mm-hmm. It may be available in others as well. 
but this microband product is pretty darn good, and it doesn't let uh, mildew grow into the caulk. Uh, since you have a colored caulk, it might be something that's fairly custom. You may not be able to reproduce that exactly. I would just go as close as possible. It makes sure it has microband. As far as the grout is concerned, you can, again, try to clean that. You want to use a grout stripper, not a grout cleaner. It's a little more aggressive. But if you, if it gets so dirty and so uh, you know mildewy and moldy that you really can't clean it, then what you do is you scrape the old grout out and you use new grout. And the grout also should have an additive in it. The microband's available in grout too. And the brand that carries that is called Laticrete, L-A-T-I-C-R-E-T-E. So you can actually replace the grout with a grout that has a microband inside of it. And that should stop the the mold problem. Um, the other thing, though, is to make sure you manage the moisture inside that bathroom. That will actually help as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have a good, powerful vent fan that runs for at and least 20 minutes. It. Yep, runs for at least and 20 you know minutes after you're done. Tim, while you're at it with the caulking, when you take out the old caulk, you want to mix up a solution of bleach and water and go pretty heavy on the bleach and spray it where you've taken out all of that grout just so that any mold spores that may have gotten behind it, I'm sorry, the caulk, so any mold spores that may have gotten behind it, you can kill those, then let that area dry out very well and then apply the new caulk in there. This way, if there's anything back there, it's not going to grow again on the new. Ah, will do. Thank you very much. Appreciate You're very help. welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, when planning a remodeling project, the order in which you tackle the various steps of the project from, say, painting to flooring can make all the difference in how that project is going to turn out. We're going to help you break it down next. The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-on Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love for you to join the Money Pit community. There's a lot of great stuff going on at thenewmoneypit.com. And in the community section, you can find out great project ideas. You can get information and advice from all of your fellow do-it-yourselfers who are out there working on projects. Plus, Tom and I, we get in on the fun. We answer questions. We post blogs. We talk about all the things that we're working on. You can direct connect to your Facebook account. I mean, there's so much you can do in the community community section of moneypit.com so check it out today and while you're there you can post your question that's right and deborah did just that she says we bought a house and would like to paint the walls and finish the wood floors before we move in which do you advise we do first the floor guy says we should do his work first the painter says painting should go first <laughs> who is right hmm. yeah this is pretty common you're stuck in the middle um i say gravity rules yeah and, totally uh, when it comes to this kind of work i would definitely do the painting first and get that all out of the way. Now, what will happen is that when you do the floors, and I'm going to assume here that you're sanding the floors, uh, you will get some some floor dust on the walls. You may have to do some additional dusting, but you shouldn't scar them up too much. It shouldn't damage the paint. And if you do, that's what touch-up is for. But I would do the walls and the ceiling and all of that first. This way, any drips that, are get, that get on the floor can be totally cleaned up. And frankly, if you are sanding floors today, it's not that dirty. It's not mm-hmm. nearly as bad as it used to be because the machines are pretty efficient at, at vacuuming up the dust as it's created. So I say gravity rules. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, 
accidents are just bound to happen. And you really, if you're going to get paints on the floor, you might as well do it at a point where you're going to be able to get it off. All right. Sandy from Nebraska posted, how do you get carpet glue off of a cement floor so that you can seal and paint it? Chemicals, open windows, and a lot of other chemical choices. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, Sandy, I wouldn't worry too much about it if it's carpet glue and it's fairly flat Flat, so it's not bumpy. I would say that you could probably paint right over it. I mean, frankly, it's a little bit of a chance, but getting that off is requires a lot of uh, very, very strong glue softener chemicals. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's hard and not too bumpy, I would suggest you paint right over that. Yeah. And the other thing, Sandy, is that depending on what, you know, there's so many different bases to the adhesives that are used for carpeting. And then, of course, the glue remover depends on what that base of the adhesive used was on your floor. So it's really going to be just a lot of experimentation. And they really are just harsh things to work with. So if you really don't need to, I say just leave it alone. Absolutely. James in Plainfield posted, how do I get rid of weeds between the pavers? Roundup. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Definitely yeah. Roundup. And, you know, it works so effectively. We, we used Roundup when we were actually restoring our entire lawn by killing off all of the grass and then planting new seed that came up through it. Very effective for that. For weeds through brick pavers, Roundup is terrific because it's very, very specific. You simply shoot the weed itself. But one thing you do have to be careful about is not spraying it in such a place where the wind's going to blow it around. So a way to do that is to take a milk bottle empty, of course, cut off the bottom, surround the weed with the milk bottle, and then shoot through the top of the spout of the bottle so you totally contain where the where the spray sort of ends up. You follow mm-hmm. me on that? And once you've gotten all of the weeds out, you can get something called um, locking sand or joint locking sand. And what you would do is you sort of brush that over the entire paver patio, then spray it with some water, and it's polymer-based, so it's going to sort of stick together, and then nothing's ever going to grow back up through that. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for starting your spring projects with us. The show does continue online where you will find a wealth of home improvement tips and advice. We're also available 24-7 at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. If you do have a question anytime, whether it's mid-project, before-project, or after the project fell apart on you, pick up the phone <laughs> and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. If we're not in the studio, we will try to call you back the next time we are. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.